Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love the Zeta Project podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 146 The Hologram Man and The Wrong Morph with Devlin Grimm. Hi, pals. This is it. We're, we're at the end of Zeta. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. I'm Devlin. Welcome. And yeah, Yay. this is it. Hooray. Looks we, like we made it. To, mm-hmm. I was about to pat ourselves on the back for that, and uh, well, it, it took us six weeks, I think. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Devlin, Definitely I was amazed to discover that you, you're really into this show. Yeah, I really love it. These are the only episodes I've ever seen and probably ever mm-hmm. will see, yeah. but I had fun watching it. And I will look back on them fondly for the rest of my life. Honestly, I mean, Maggie, best 40 minutes of my, my week. Sure. Oh, wow. I can't tell if that speaks to how great the show is or how bad your week was. Why not both? <laughs> it's a perfect oh, storm fair. if I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Maggie, would you say this is a good sampling of episodes? Like, I would like say this you... is a weird sampling of episodes, considering it's the last two episodes, but... Uh... Sure. Well, the last one definitely had a ton of narrative baggage. But... Oh, it surely did. Also, I it feel was like really it's fun not... to summarize. Mm-hmm. I I bet it wasn't that difficult to follow, though. And it really yeah, was. We'll talk about it more when we get there. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I feel like they did a pretty good job of like getting you up to speed. Yeah. What's well, that great opening credit sequence where they're like, you know, this mm-hmm. is what the, the, you get it. To, this is the show. Well, look out! It's Bennett. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Bennett. They better look out. Yeah. I mean, we make fun, but it's yeah. it, it worked. I suppose it did. I'll be looking yeah, honestly, out for Bennett might... for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might just watch that opening credit season uh, sequence every day for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because you my heard us show. ragging on it. And you heard us ragging on it and assumed it was awful, and you're like, wait a minute. Oh, these guys are assholes, actually. This is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been trying to catch up on the podcast, and I know you've been talking about Twister and Murphy Brown. So, yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> to be <laughs> Well, they did a whole episode about storm chasers. How could we not? <laughs> Murphy Brown? Could you not? It's an important text. <laughs> I oh yeah, because one of the guy, one of the voice people was from Murphy Brown. Oh, like, if Devlin hears this, they'll love that. <laughs> That's the only person I know who cares about this. <laughs> Devlin and my mom can do a Murphy Brown podcast. <laughs> oh come on, your mom doesn't listen to this show. No, but you did. None like of Murphy our families Brown. listen to these shows. Well, all right. Uh, well, before we get into the finale, first, uh, we have to talk about the penultimate episode, which actually apparently did not air in the U.S., I discovered. Is it really? because the U.S. also does not care for Will Wheaton? <laughs> I, there, Will the Wheaton? De- <laughs> See, that's funny when you say it one time, but you don't have to say it for 20 minutes to make it funny. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's You guys are both funnier than Family Guy right now. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know. Oh, I'm so upset. That was a Family Guy joke. I'm sorry, everyone. It was. It was a Family Guy joke that they. It was one of those that just kept going. And yeah, that's a Family Guy joke. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I got a lot of these rattling around in my brain. Mm Hmm. Yeah. That's just how it goes. You guys remember Star Wars? I do. I think it'd be funny if it went a little something like this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to remember Star Uh, Wars anymore, honestly. Our very, very uh, uh, thorough people at the DC Wiki, who gave up on summarizing these episodes, by the way, so Rude. less thorough than we are, um, say that this episode uh, did not air in the U.S. and they don't know why. 
that is all the research that I did. There might there might be more information out there. Warner Brothers going, I think we've had enough. I think we've heard enough of the Zeta project today. Thank you. I think that accounts for some of the weird order of episodes we've been doing, mm. though. Because this was like, I don't know, eighth in the production order, but technically comes last yeah. because it didn't, you know, it's like, uh, was it Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders that never aired? Or no, the Delta Knights. I, there was a, there was an MST episode that didn't air until long after the finale mm-hmm. because of rice issues or something. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, anyway, time to talk about the wrong morph. So why don't I tell you about that? Why don't you? All right, I will. This episode's title reminds me of how annoyed I used to get when people would misuse the word morph. See, in the early 90s, morphing referred to that cool, cutting-edge computer-generated effect where one shape would seem to change into another in a fluid, almost liquid way. Like when you're a robot chasing after another less advanced robot, so you turn into some kid's stepmom without even learning the name of the family dog first. Idiot. Or when you're chief of security aboard a remote space station and you want to disguise yourself as, say, a mouse. Or a cup. Or another different kind of mouse. What it does not describe is the process by which some teenagers with attitude put on really dumb costumes and fight really, really dumb rubber monsters. By this point, you're probably thinking, Al, none of this has anything to do with the Zeta Project. This just sounds like a dumb rant you've had in the back of your head since 1993, like a few weeks ago when you wouldn't shut up about Tiny Toons. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. I've been mad about Tiny Toons since 1990. (laughs) And now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Z and Ro are chasing down the latest member of Team We Build Killbots. It's possible the project had an actual name, but I can't be bothered to look that up right now. One Dr. Morell, who is now putting his tech wizardry to good use, assisting disabled kids. Weird how every one of Zeta's parents quit their jobs at the Murderbot factory and got into fields that actually help people now. Think they feel guilty about something, or is this just a weird coincidence? While infiltrating Morell's workspace, uh, they watch a demonstration of an enhanced object-sensing cane for the blind, and they briefly encounter a kid named Kevin. Kevin typically uses a wheelchair to get around, but Dr. Morell has now provided him with a wearable, strength-enhancing device that enables him to walk comfortably. He calls it an amplifier, which isn't a fancy name, but I think we can all agree that it's 150% better, 150,000% better, excuse me, than naming your backpack, Backpack. Yes, I'm also still mad about that. I'm still mad about a lot of things. (laughs) Rowan Z bail and return later that night to do additional snooping, as is their want. In the process, they manage not only to not stop a cool future burglar from stealing the amplifier, but Z also makes the unfortunate mistake of assuming the form of Kevin, who is then arrested for the theft. This would be the titular wrong morph, and I approve of this use in case you were wondering. I knew you were. (laughs) Z feels bad about Kevin being arrested and visits the kid at the police precinct the next day. You know, in that little room where the police just let any old person talk to the people they have in custody. Wait, that's how it works on days of our lives anyway. Uh, Somehow Zeta manages to convince Kevin to remain in jail while he and Ro try to find the real thief. And somehow Kevin agrees to this. This may be one of the most implausible things I've been expected to believe since the show began. Kevin, buddy, just because you've suffered a spinal injury doesn't mean you've lost the use of your metaphorical spine too. Then Zeta and the Hamburglar of the future have a rematch, and they discover that Dr. Morell is the one who sold the dude the amplifier in the first place because, well, look, you know this part. A scientist didn't get the funding he wanted, so he did crime. That's pretty much the motive for any villain who didn't come here from space or fall into a bucket of something. Those are pretty much the only three supervillain origins in this entire animated universe. So Zeta has Morell and the cyber cookie crook arrested, clears Kevin's name, and... uh, No, actually, there is no and. That's just where the story ends. It really feels like there should have been an and there. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, huh? Wrong morph. He morphed and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. 
I, all I, learned a lesson. I have reached a point where, like, I cannot remember any of these titles just because they're so unrelated to, like, one thing in the episode. I there there's a there's a very specific pattern to the title titles of this show, mm. which you're right. They they pick one tiny plot element, like on the wire, yeah, where they were was, running across a wire for yeah. three seconds. It's like or it's like off the cliff because they saw a cliff at one point. Well, titles are a hard sell for you anyway. I mean that is true. You don't like the titles of most things. I don't know why we don't just title everything like the one about the whatever. Like use friends rules. Yeah, all right. Honestly, the only good thing that Friends gave us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that and the Smelly Cat song. That was pretty good. Oh, and I guess Duck and Chick. That's mm-hmm. true. There's a couple of things. Look, we can all agree that there's some good things about Friends, but afterwards we have to go beat up David Schwimmer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'll agree to that. Those are the terms. Yeah. I haven't seen I mean, Friends in years, and I still occasionally am like, I fucking hate Ross. <laughs> like, the I whole show is because Ross won't go to therapy. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I woke up mm-hmm. last week and like I wasn't even doing anything and I just thought, fuck, I hate Ross. <laughs> I really want something bad to happen to that guy. Mm-hmm. They were on a break, Maggie. Come on. I know. <laughs> uh, so, Devlin, you touched on this already, but you're good thing. Oh, the intro. Yeah. <laughs> totally fucking slaps. I love it. I would watch it every time. It's like I don't know why, but the action scenes in this show are really speaking to me and usually I don't care for action, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's like mm-hmm. punching and boxing and arcades and flashing lights and there's like an underwater scene where Zeta uses his little feet as propellers and it's very mm-hmm. like James Bond and adorable. Um, yeah, I really love the intro. I, I like that James Bond and adorable can exist in the same space in your brain. <laughs> I mean, that's James Bond that ever there was. Kind of the only way to talk about a lot of James Bond right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I, I also like the use of his little feet. Like he's a kill bot, but look at his little feet. He's like a kitten. <laughs> well, he does have teeny tiny little feet. He's mm-hmm. very triangle shaped. The, yeah, the, 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 right. the tiny feet make up for the giant boobs. Mm. <laughs> Why is he so swole and puffy? Yep. <laughs> Wait, is he the real princess tiny feet? He might be. I love you, so, princess tiny feet. Do do you mean that ironically, or do you really actually like like I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like, do the, I mean what intro. ironically? The, the the intro. Do you like it because oh this is really cheesy, or do you actually just think it's good? I actually think it's exa- it accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do. Okay, it gets me I'm, really I'm in- not... invested in the show and mm-hmm. excited to watch okay. it. Yeah, I'd be uh, interested in what you thought of the like the original uh, opening. Yeah, there was a lot more dialogue in in the season one version. Oh, about look out, it's Bennett. Look out, it's Bennett. Yeah, there's and that. Also, we'll find your family Z and um, some other stuff. No, they, we'll get you your freedom. Z is still in there. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but but no, there were about like every time they ran into something you were supposed to recognize, they would tell you what it was with a piece of dialogue. Mm. I'll use my. No, that's how you learn how bad it is. A clip. All right. You got to look out for him. Okay. Look, I'm not like I'm not I'm not trying to rag on you right now. Like I we we are obviously not fans, but if you like it, that's great. I, I just I'm I want to clarify. That's all. I mean, we talked about this when we first started. The song rules. It's the dialogue during the song that was the issue. Hmm. Okay. The dialogue in this offends me less than the you wouldn't download a Batman title cards from the Batman Beyond sequence. Fair. Wow. 
Okay. Crime. Mm-hmm. Passion. I, I just, I love that intro so much that I just would tune out the words, but like, I, everyone came on and said that, so I mean, I guess I'm in the minority there. But, A spitting uh, Darwin Cook statue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, what was your good thing? Uh, what was my good thing? Oh, so I love uh, the cowardly Dr. Morell, uh, who is willing to <laughs> sell out a 14-year-old kid who looks up to him so that he can keep making his stuff. That is so funny to me. There's a bit in this episode where Kevin's like, it's Zeta pretending to be Kevin, but he's like, I can't, mm-hmm. yeah, d- doctor, please, why on earth, why on earth would you, I'm going to go to jail if, if you don't come, come forward. And he's yeah, you like, know, it wasn't me. And he's just like, well, why can't you just go to jail? Come on. He Take actually says, team. do it for the other kids. Yeah, do it for the other kids. Just go to jail. Like, what, like I never, I've never asked you for anything in your entire life. Come on, man. In fact, I gave you this uh, amplifier. That is so funny to me. Mm. Yeah. Like, look, you're underage. You'll be out in a couple of years. This could be a real problem for me. An adult with important <laughs> things to do. A scientist who's trying to secure funding. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. And I just I didn't think of it that way until you just said that. So funny to me. That is good. I love when people are just unrepentant assholes. Mm-hmm. I love what a low energy supervillain speech it is. <laughs> like, yep, come on, yep. go to jail. <laughs> Be a friend. <laughs> All right. If you go to jail, I promise I will not ask you for anything else until my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the rest of the weekend off. <laughs> my good thing is I, I legitimately like the concept of criminals stealing mobility aids intended for disabled mm-hmm. people and using them to boost their strength. Like, that's exactly the sort of fucked up thing that would actually happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, yeah, that's because it's awful. It's mm-hmm. it's just like, that's not free. Don't do that. Yeah. No, no. People are that. Yeah, but I can use this to commit crimes and smash a hole in a bank. Uh, well. Look, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm now of superior strength to a fucking kill bot. Mm-hmm. Why would I give this back? Yeah. And mine now. Yeah. I really liked the and I, I think I saw this in your notes, Devlin, that uh, he looked like a. um what did you? I think you said like a Spider-Man villain or something, like a throwaway Spider-Man villain. Oh, he's he got a, like a real Steve Ditko look. Yeah, yeah, I, like squashed. I really responded tuggy. to that though. Yeah, like he just had the he had like the classic burglar, like the the big like the um I I can't remember now if it was a striped shirt or not, but he had the <laughs> the, the the pullover cap and yeah. uh, then he had future goggles, so you knew you you knew he was from the future. I mean the knit cap, like he just came from the yep. docks. <laughs> I, right. I, I have a note here that's like, he could not be more of a burglar if he was actively shooting Uncle Ben. But that's what I, like, they took the they took the, the, the standard black mask and they mm. replaced it with goggles, because that makes him future, yeah. you see. It's perfect. Which is the show's favorite trick. Yep. Put some goggles yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slap some goggles on it. What do you mean? I mean, yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Well, goggles are awesome, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, your your bad thing kind of relates to him, no, Maggie? Oh, um, hang on. Yeah, that burglar looked enough like a real person to be somebody that, like, isn't somebody. And God, you can't do that shit to me. It makes my <laughs> brain hurt. Like, he shows up and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this guy's so detailed. He must be Dr. Morell. And then I had to go back and check again. It's like, no, they look nothing alike. This is just, you're bad at this. And that's rude. <laughs> I'm doing my best here, show. No, I think they did that thing where they based him probably on a real actor or something. I didn't recognize who it was, but you're right. Like, he looked 
different enough that he probably was modeled after a real person. I'm something. trying to remember now, and I feel like he looks like a guy who is in Batman the Animated Series who they also made to look like the actor. Well, you might be thinking of when they did Robert Mitchum and he doesn't look like that. That might be it. But they've done that before. That's actually the example I was thinking of when I said, like, sometimes they just pick, I don't know, make him look like this actor. It's like, if you yeah. make it look realistic, it starts turning into a real guy's face, and then I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> That's why mm. cartoon characters are, oh. are easier. I'm fascinated by the how the whole face blindness I am, too, really now is. that I know I have it. Like, it, mm-hmm. like, I started noticing stuff about it. It's weird. Because you're saying it doesn't work with cartoon characters. Not like usually. You, like, like in that you can you can distinguish them from one another. Yeah. Huh. It's like I was trying to think of this. It's like, well, how do you know what Al looks like? Well, he's my friend. I'm running forever. But also red hair, beard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what most people go to. Look, that's what Wizard Magazine did in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe they when they would do their blindness. fantasy casting for superhero movies. It's like, what color hair do they have? Yeah, good enough. <laughs> it kind of well, reminds me a red of... Uh, Scott McCloud's idea of sort of the the masking principle that the characters you're supposed to relate to have less defined features so you mm. can imprint on them more. Huh. That's and then the weirdo ancillary villainous characters are over-designed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, so. it's true. Look at, like, Superman, Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker. They all kind of have that sort of generic guy look. Yeah. Well, I think, I think wasn't, it's talking Guys about like, the way the, the hero looks, though, right? Mm. Like the like the the masked guy, mm-hmm. not the not the alter ego. Ah, well, masking here to be like the character becomes your mask, right? As oh. a reader, not that they're literally wearing a mask. Oh, that's, I see. What that's you mean. interesting. Okay. I got to read yeah. that again. It's been a few yeah. years. Yeah. I like those books. Yeah, everybody read Understanding Comics. It's good for you. Yep, yep. And then uh, you understand did, comics. Yeah, he did two the or Invisible three of them, Art. Mm-hmm. They're all good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all very good. Uh, Devlin, what was your bad thing? Oh, I put, what the fuck is a morpho? <laughs> Which was a quote we use nonstop, Amanda and I, for years, and I hadn't thought about it in a while, and uh, that was a delight to read. Uh, I gotta say, now that you spent 20 minutes enumerating your grievances on the usage of the term morph <laughs> and morpho, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. now I am upset that they used it. They should have said, like, oh, it's the wrong gram or the wrong hollow, mm-hmm. but there's no actual physical changes happening. I, I mean, put the, it to the, you that the, the, <laughs> oh, the no. rubber suit guys <laughs> and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are more of a morph. No. No, I feel like if the show had more of a budget, the, the holograms would sort of flow into one another. But uh, the, look, we're lucky we got as many frames as we did. What, like three frames per second or something? Well, most of the like, time they use them all on rows, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought yeah. you meant that was the animation rate. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did mean that. That's Is this what I'm on saying. threes? Yeah, it's three frames per second. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, my bad thing. Zeta comes up with some uh, creative uses for his go-go gadget arms, mm-hmm. and I like that. Like, in- including using them to climb up a building. Like, like the hand is the grappling hook that Batman would shoot, mm-hmm. and the arm part is like the, the line that he pulls himself up on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also uses his hands like the sticky end of Spider-Man's webs and swings with the arm. And uh, they're they're cool ideas, but the animation <laughs> looks extremely ridiculous. <laughs> Like, he looks like a fucking 1929 character that should be bobbing up and down to some <laughs> ragtime music. Now I really want to see Zayda, like, bobbing up in town to, like, the Charleston or whatever. With those dancing flowers? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Just basically uh, Zayda and Cuphead. This. That creepy walrus <laughs> walking around in a circle? Ugh. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
head. Where the where the entire plot is, uh, look at this fucked up shit we can do with this new technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, That's kids, it. it's Cobb Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you your freedom yet, Cobb Calloway. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, I read I read a very unfortunate thing about how a lot of the early cartoon characters are based on um, minstrel characters, which yep. I did not know until recently. -ish. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Like Bosco of Bosco and Honey. Yeah, that's one of those instance. things that doesn't occur to you until someone explains it, and then you're like, oh, oh, yeah. of course it is. Oh no. Also, also probably Mickey Mouse, but uh, yeah. yeah. Why do you think Mickey wears white gloves? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Terrible. It, yeah. The the core is rotting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but look, it, it was the 30s. I could sort of excuse that with the goggles I wear when I watch old movies. But when you're keeping the properties alive, then, you know. Well, there's one thing I know. It's that Mickey Mouse will never die. So, no, that's true. Um, Speaking of regrettable people, yeah. there is a noted way like convicted pedophile in this episode. That's fun. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Jones, a uh, character actor throughout the 80s and 90s. Uh, he was Ferris Bueller's principal. He was, I mean, he's fucking everything. He was the dad in Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was the detective in this. And mm -hmm. uh, also uh, noted creep apologist Will Wheaton was Kevin. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Hooray. As far as I know, he hasn't done anything awful. I just don't like him. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when his, when his best friend, uh, Chris Hardwick was, uh, Revealed to be a creep. He was like, uh, yeah, I'll make a statement about that. And then never said anything else. Gotta go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Coward. Mm -hmm. Also, when he statement showed up pending. in Picard okay. last season, he had the smuggest fucking look on his face. Just shut up, Wesley. That's just well, that's just Will Wheaton. I, I know. I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. Plus, he stole a bunch of jokes from me on Twitter 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or however long, 15 years ago. Go to joke thief Will Wheaton. I'd uh -huh. like you to be mad about recent things. <laughs> mm. I'm putting I don't have you the room. on like a five-year moratorium. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta defrag then because there's like there's stuff in here from early childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still mad that object permanence exists. Okay, yeah. <laughs> look, I get it. Look, she sometimes I just want to get rid of the cup <laughs> or the mouse or the mouse. Yes, cup. Yes, cup. <laughs> Hey, that drink cup. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. What the hell else happens in this episode? Um, this episode I does make me wonder how like healthcare and accommodations work in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know me, I think all uh, cartoons need more structural critique. But sure. <laughs> I kind of spiraled out I mean, on this one. My I, concern, I don't know if you. My concern is like um. Who's going to pay for that apparatus? Who's going to pay for the site stick? Mm -hmm. Is well, Agent going to cover it? Is that still yeah, a right. thing? I don't know if you heard us talking about the one from a few weeks ago where this was this was like the pinnacle. I couldn't believe this got in there. This was like perfect cyberpunk, like capitalist dystopia stuff. Um, uh, someone uh, disabled uh, Z's infinite credit card. And this, um, uh, like, uh, big uh, travel plaza that they were in said, uh, you were being arrested for vagrancy because you don't have money, therefore you're not useful here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was, so, like, if they did that, it's possible they could put some commentary in about, like, mm -hmm. unaffordable health care. That was, like, 20 years ago. I'm still blown away by how accurate that is. 
Yeah. It's like, you don't have any money. You're being arrested. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, this episode also almost scratches at something about surveillance versus witnessing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. Like, doesn't this child have an alibi? Doesn't he have parents who can say, like, no, he's at home? Yeah, presumably he was. Yeah. Hmm. Unless he was off doing something else that, like, you know, well, is just, suspect. The episode never gets into that. It's just like they, mm-hmm. they're hoping that you won't notice if the, if they don't ask where he was. You're, they're hoping you won't, too. They're hoping you'll hear that very punchable voice and not care where he was. Mm-hmm. No, well, they didn't count on me. A 30 or 40 year old idiot <laughs> genius. <laughs> Poking holes in their children's cartoon. <laughs> Shit. Hope somebody was fired for that blunder. Guys are in real trouble. Devlin, Devlin's watching this one. So, Devlin, you you have some um, some academic expertise on how like uh, disabled people are treated in media. How would you say this this uh, this went? Um, on the balance, I liked it. I like yeah. seeing disabled people. I like seeing them. Mm-hmm use accommodations i like seeing them use mobility aids um Mm -hmm. i gotta thread a needle here i'll never tell a person how to feel about their body in the moment but and i I guess i'll extend that grace to fictional kevin but Uh, um fictional kevin (laughs) i know shaking my fist um (laughs) twice he refers to his wheelchair as a prison which is uh first of all like we maybe they can't do better, but they can do something a little more poetic than prison. Mm-hmm. That's very crawling in my skin. Um, the people, the the disability activists I follow, and the people in my life who use mobility aids, kind of all have the consensus that like, no, this is a means of liberation and autonomy mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think Kevin's uh, at like a very early part of his journey and maybe needs some therapy to, well, <laughs> to really ground himself. Thing- I feel that's the true thing of is, everyone on this show, honestly. If if a person said that, like, of course, don't tell them how to feel. But this is a TV show that's sort of trying to make people, if not more educated, at least, you know, like like the fact that you have disabled people in it means there's representation, mm-hmm. means you're trying to sort of educate people on, look, this is this is how this works. So maybe in this particular case, referring it to a prison is bad in terms of like, you know helping helping people understand how to deal with this better you know you understand yeah normalizing these these ideas and images especially for children um i really liked the blind woman at the beginning as she had just like a brief little scene where she's like i'm going back to my room i'm doing it by myself Mm -hmm. because i got this thing and that's that's what it's all about Mm. yeah so it also feels like that should exist now like if if a roomba can kind of figure out where things are like you could put that in a cane right yeah I gotta say, the sight stick did snitch on Zeta and call him an object. So that's well, that's um, just rude. That's that's on mm-hmm. the sight stick. Mm-hmm. Not sure about the politics of the sight stick. Sus. <laughs> I love the idea. I love the idea that like it it correctly identifies him as an ob- as an object, and they're just like, okay, well, we got th- this thing's being pushed back three years. We we clearly there's still problems oh. with it. Yep, and it works as designed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll get you recognized as ascension being Z. Z, I know it. <laughs> they never did. Nope. Uh, anything else? Uh, 
since I don't get to do this, I, I won't get to do this again after this episode. I'm just going to comment on uh, Rose uh, outfit once again and say that her new vest looks like the shirt that Alf wore on Alf the Animated Series. Ah. Oh, thank you for bringing us that unique perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a that I did well, not have at all. <laughs> I was about to say there's a more recent thing I'm mad about, but I guess it's from 1986. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad about the time we had to watch it recently. <laughs> I was going to say, what aspect of Alf are you mad about currently? The fact that you made me watch it two months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's fair. And it was awful. Yeah. So bad. Possibly the worst thing I've ever done? Mm, no. Wow. Not the worst thing you've made me watch, but way up there. Mm. I I really want to encourage you to do some crimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst thing you've done? Yeah. No, to me. I can't speak to what she's done like to, to everyone, but mm-hmm. just to me personally. We are friends, and we're usually nice to each other. Maybe so. I want you to go to Al's house and steal some stuff. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, yeah steal it. Stuff. Get a big coat and a big I'm purse. unemployed right now. I, don't, I can't replace it. Okay, get big coat, check. <laughs> Damn it. Should I steal the big coat? Oh, I have a big coat, too. <laughs> All right, just, just go as is. All right. I'm, oh, don't do that. I'm calling you a lift, Maggie. <laughs> Al, I, I gotta, project for today. Al, I got to ask: Is the big coat one of those like go to a college uh, to a college game with a pinafore type coats? How old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. But like that's a, a big really fur great Mr. Burns coat. <laughs> yeah, the giant fur coat where you hold the little pennant <laughs> and the tiny hat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, do you have a straw boat or two? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I got to go to the big game. I need you to get a straw boater so I can steal it. You know that I would let you steal. That's All right. Fine. It'll fit in the big coat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else about this episode? No. Uh, I want to. I want to. I don't want to step on your quote, but okay. There's well, you can help me set it up. There's some. Uh, Ro is branching into uh, bringing her own disguises <laughs> instead of letting Z take care of all. Mm-hmm. She's bringing yep. her own party city wigs. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and then uh, that that leads at the at the beginning we see this woman on a video screen uh, talking with a slightly different voice. I'm like, well, that just looks like Rose animation model. They're mm-hmm. being lazy. Oh, that is Rose. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then then she switches outfits and uh, says this. What do you think of the new look? The dark hair brings out the lack of pigment in your skin. Which. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Z's clearly into goth chicks. That mm-hmm. was a yeah. that was a compliment, and she took it as an insult. Yep. Like I don't, dude. No, she he's into it. Z and me both, baby. Ro should I, be more goth. I agree. Yeah. That that would fit her overall aesthetic in the show. Like it would it would fold nicely into all the other looks. She do the had. whole uh, cyber goth thing. Oh boy, full yep. dragon tattoo. I gotta go sit yep. down. <laughs> <laughs> do you record standing up? Sometimes. All right. Got to keep the energy what, fresh. Yeah. yeah. Depends on what uh, state my back is at the time. Mm. Well, you are 30 or 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And I do not have time for this. Yep. Uh, I got to say, like, this really applies to the entire series. But now that we've seen it, I can say I'm, I'm pleased that uh, those two never even hinted at any romantic anything. Nope. I'm pleased about that. They were just they were just pals on this adventure. And yep. that was it. Sometimes you can just Good be job. friends with a robot. Yep. Yep. They hinted once that he was kind of jealous of a 
dude she was into, but mm-hmm. then that faded almost immediately. And I think that was more about, uh, we have things to do. Why are you going off on this side quest mm-hmm. to get laid? Yes. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, as Flonk said, uh, this is a kid show. Get finger banged. That was a very good joke, Flonk. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on then to the hologram man, the finale, <laughs> which we just dumped Evelyn right into with no context. The hologram so, uh, man. Enjoy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess I gotta summarize this bad boy. Please. Oh, please what do. even happened? <laughs> Why don't you just summarize the the previous uh, like thirty weeks of show? Starting with Batman. Okay, once there was an alley that was full of crimes. <laughs> if you tell me about the pearls again, I swear to Christ. I'm not gonna tell you that for like another twenty minutes. So strap in. Okay. Think about things right. you're angry about. <laughs> we open. With Z and Ro doing what they do, gramming up and infiltrating a secret facility. Probably trying to find out what is love. Are we still doing that bit? I have not been paying attention. <laughs> we never actually did that bit at all once. Oh. Even once. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here to wrap it up. Uh-huh. Remind us of where what we intended to do all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My approach to the summary sidebar is like, how I got through high school, and why I flunked out of college the first time. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. We shoot straight up the elevators of the secret facility into the attic of the department store where the killbots are all hanging out. My guy, if you are into killbots, this is just a smorgasbord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cat sound. Meow. (laughs) Z gets robotted up, and the two infiltrate some more. They see Dr. Selleck, Z's creator. The two follow Dr. Sayla through some scenes that I forgot about into an incredible junkyard fight. This is easily one of the best animated junkyard fight scenes I have ever seen, second only to the climax of the Brave Little Toaster. Of course, BLT also had like a killer soundtrack and a killer song about the inevitability of mortality and how what you do on this life is all that you truly leave behind. Thematically, it dovetails beautifully with the moment when Toaster... Oh my god, you guys, I won't spoil it, but you should watch the Brave Little Toaster if you're into... Mm -hmm. Robots trying to get their freedom. Back to our brave Zeta Toaster, who has discovered that Dr. Saline has a hologram mask of the titular Hologram Man. I did not write down his name. Dr. Hologram makes holograms and is working with Brothers Day to lure on up on the secret hovership where the killbots are born and fool cutaway Kurtwood Smith into thinking some things are happening i don't know there's a lot of plot lines coming together my babes (laughs) z and ro infiltrate to the extreme onto the submarine they're dressed as dr hologram and ving rames some gi joe looking guys come to double infiltrate on the sub and harvey bullock i guess fools them with the old balance of terror submarine debris all 900 characters find themselves on the deep ocean killbot platform infiltrating about Ro and Z see that the new hotness in Killbots, which is a terrifying android with flesh being poured onto him, and they have a touching moment about their journey to get Z his freedom. Finally, the real Dr. Selhai stumbles into the show, just in time to make an incredibly fortuitous accidental confession to Zeta, Ro, and Bennett that he's the one who gave Z a consciousness, and Z really is the specialist Ro boy. Then everything starts exploding. Dr. Sawbones evacuates into a cute little ship that immediately crashes into the ocean. (laughs) Ro and Z evacuate into their own little cute ship, leaving us with a mournful yet optimistic voiceover as we gave us over the ocean and also a cliffhanger killbot hand that pops up. And this will never pay off. And that, my darlings, 
is how Z found out what love is. Oh, thank you for putting us back on track mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Just uh, wipe away a single tear. I know, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, two notes yes. about about the plot. Uh, first, the um, first the uh, everything the, the I said was true hand. and correct. Yes, mm-hmm. no, everything you said was was absolutely true and correct. And again, coming in at the very end and still managing to completely follow all the threads is uh, you know very yeah. impressive. Um. Uh, the the killbot hand I was reading was supposed to be uh, Selick's assistant, which we would discover she was a robot the whole time. So, ah, uh, whatever. Oh. Um, but Selick could still be dead. Is my point. Mm. Um, uh, and the other thing is uh, my bad thing, which uh, on on the subject of the cliffhanger, Warner Brothers mandated this cliffhanger ending, and then Warner Brothers did not renew the show. Mm-hmm. Which pretty much foreshadows the kind of absolute bullshit they're doing now. Yeah, Warner Brothers, not um, not a great company. But lest you think the the leap into streaming is what made them crazy, mm-hmm. no, they've been doing this shit for a long time. Yep, 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 yep. Like, why? Nobody brought it up. You're the ones who said, let's do, like, you know, come on, make it exciting so people will come back. Oh, also, you won't be coming back. Yeah. What, what the fuck, man? I mean, it's incredibly frustrating, and I am, like, grieving a lot of shows that will not happen and may not yeah. happen, but it like, you got to stay frosty. It is mm-hmm. the giant media conglomerates are not your friends. I, no, I imagine I'll, there I'll was un- like three phases of executive turnover during the tenure of this show. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. It got lost because it does not matter to them. Also nine 11 happened and there was a lot of talk about uh, the NSA can't be the bad guys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was definitely a <sighs> thing. I'm glad we were able to find a way to blame this on nine <laughs> Well, I mean, look, the show creator does. I'm not. Uh, You're not, not wrong. Me, like, and, speculating. I, and like we lived through it and it was yeah. a stupid time in media that we should all be ashamed yeah. of. But yeah, I'm looking at you, Enterprise. <laughs> Remember when they like pulled the Dave Barry movie from distribution because there was. Oh, a yeah. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the worst part, I was really excited to see that Dave Barry movie. Mm-hmm. It's cute. I never got around to it. It turned out. It was on Comedy Central five years later, five days a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just all I all I would want in this situation to be different is for the network to say, hey, guys, I'm sorry you didn't get picked up. So if you want to write an ending, you should write an ending. Mm-hmm. That's all. But they specifically told them the opposite of that. This is a part of my bad thing. It's like the final ocean scene. And it is a voiceover about like, oh, we'll get you your freedom to mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. um <laughs> like it's very throwaway and they could have at least thrown away i don't know better lines yeah <laughs> zeta went back to his home planet and got his freedom i don't know but well there's a there's a bit to, at the oh god i want them to do the quantum leap thing where it's like zeta never got got his freedom oh <laughs> There's a bit at the end of the G.I. Joe movie where they had killed off, uh, clearly killed off one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it was obvious that was his death scene. And then they, 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 Maggie and I referenced this a lot, where at the very end, they're panning over some debris from the battle. And the doctor's voice, clearly not intended to be there, says, Duke came out of his coma. He's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, Desdemona's here to tell us she killed herself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, well, since we're piling on with our bad things, Maggie, what do you got? Uh, yeah, um, here's a question. Why does Robot Road turn me on? That's a new one. 
Why is that a bad thing? I because it was it came out of nowhere and shocked me. I mean the the if you look at my notes, the mm-hmm. exact the same thing happened. Yeah, to me. I know. So there's a bit where uh, to disguise them both. Uh, Zeta goes into normal mode and then does that thing where he touches Ro and she has a hologram over her and she turns into a robot and I'm like, oh, um, uh-huh. that's a new one. No, they make her like a like a, like a fembot, but not yeah. in that gross, oversexualized way. Just yeah. like, okay, that's obviously a girl robot. Mm-hmm. I like it. Hang on, I'm just gonna put on my sickos T-shirt and say, "Welcome to the club." <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Guys, yeah, we all I... need sickos shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a window to stand at. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite alt take on that is Cisco's. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's do some good it's things. It's nice then. to know that. Oh, t- sorry. It's mm-hmm. nice to know sorry. cartoons can still give me weird kinks uh, <laughs> at this point in my life. I mean, look, you've been into Roe from minute one. Oh, here. yeah. So, like, just her, like, if she'd turn into something you hated, suddenly you'd be like, oh, maybe I'm into that thing mm-hmm. after all. Fair enough. It's like uh, aversion therapy. Mm-hmm. You're becoming you more need human a sexy every cartoon day. character. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maggie will learn what lust is. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, a long, strange was... trip it's been. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting stranger all the time. <laughs> Devlin, what was your good thing? Oh, the junkyard action scene is like, I, yeah. You know, I mentioned like all the action scenes I'm really vibing with, but this one was huh. especially cool. There's a part where Zeta goes into some molten steel, which I wrote down as industrial lava because I mm-hmm. did my notes late at uh-huh. night. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, I think I, I can't speak for Maggie, but I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah, thank yep. you. Uh, <laughs> I just had to call out my uh, my tired self. Um, no, and like he's about to overheat, and he mm-hmm. escapes, and he grabs a fire extinguisher, and it fucking explodes on a guy, and it's it's and really nice he didn't just I'm, touch that guy because he would have burst into flames because he was a million degrees. Uh huh. It's a lot happening. And this is, this is not a criticism of the show, but they they obviously have cribbed a lot from. Like Terminator and, you know, you a few other say. sources. Yeah, I know. But and like this, it felt like they had a big board of like the big moments that they hadn't done yet. Like, what about when he lowers himself into the lot? Oh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember talking about this with Batman Beyond is like mm. it's all pulp. It's all yeah. pre-digested. Yeah. It's all shorthand, but it's all really right. well done, done mm. well. Yeah. No, this team knows how to do that. And like they, they understand what a good crowd pleasing moment is. It looks like a reference, but it's unique enough that it's, you know, happening on this show. So. I was waiting for him to do the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if I he, like, busted out cry. of the bat and then did a thumbs up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know now why you cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, what was your good thing? Uh, so spinning off of the uh, the junkyard fight, um, the background of the junkyard and also the robot factory look extremely good to me. Like, it looks like... like uh, like a kind of early CGI painted over type thing. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I really enjoyed them. There's a a real realistic chunkiness to them that I found extremely pr- pleasing to look at. Well, Vichelle talked about this last week. He said they probably like crudely rendered it on you know early 2000s mm-hmm. computers and then, yeah, drew over it. Yeah, there's um, just something about it. I'm like, oh, fuck, these are good backgrounds. I like this. Hmm. There, there were, I didn't, I, those didn't jump out at me. There were some bad ones though. Mm. Like there was an ocean background that looked just like a, I don't know, like someone tried to, uh, 
I can't even I can't even articulate what I'm trying to say. It looked like shit is what I'm trying to say. Motivational <laughs> no, poster draw over. It was just like drew, blue and bumpy. Like it was it was just a weird texture. It looked like fucking stucco. Ire to be back on the blue bumpy ocean. I thought there was a <laughs> Mark Rothko painting. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't have the art uh, vocabulary that you have, so. <laughs> it just looks like shit. Come on, doesn't that work as art criticism? <laughs> I mean, that's a good opening line to like an 80-page paper. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's the whole thought. It just looks, looks like, like shit. shit. Now. now I'm going to talk yeah. about shit for 30,000 words. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is why it didn't work out as a wine taster either. This has notes of it sucks. <laughs> I'm getting I a taste, real bouquet of blech. I sense I I taste hints of poop and butt. <laughs> no, well the the real kicker is like you have to swish it around in your mouth and then spit it out into a bucket mm-hmm. before you say that. Mm-hmm. One tasting it's like it's great. It's so it's mm-hmm. so aesthetic. Uh, my good thing. And and I know, uh, Maggie, I saw something in your notes that you weren't a fan of this, mm. but I did like the reveal that Zeta's unknown extra program, which they did set up at the beginning of this season, actually. Like, uh, he lost his memory for a minute, and he was getting it back, and he's mm. like, wait a minute, while I was doing my, like, scan of my hard drive, like, I found some programs I didn't know were there, and they just kind of left it there. Yeah. And it turns out that was his conscience that yeah. was put there by Selig, and, like, the first time he had to kill someone, it was, like, uh, that activated, and he's like, oh, shit, killing is bad. And I, I kind of like that. It didn't come from out of nowhere. We weren't expected to believe that this, you know, like, computer suddenly developed, like, a conscience on his own, because that, as sweet as that is, it doesn't really make sense. See, I like, like the idea that, he, like, it was like a, like, a, like a programming misfire or something, and it's just like, oh, wait, killing is I see, actually I like- wrong. I like that Selig put it there. I like that we keep seeing these guys. And I look, I misattributed that in the last episode to that guy making the mobility aids because it turned out he was a real piece of shit. But but for the most part, we see all the people from that team actually thinking, oh, you know what? Killbots are bad. And it, it goes down to the head of the project who was like, uh, no, I'm going to give him a conscience because fuck, fuck Killbots. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And. I just I think it all tied everything up nicely, like mm-hmm. where the program came from, why Z stopped killing. It, it gave us a little insight into who Selig was, because at this point, he's just been a like a MacGuffin, like a prop that they're trying to get. But we don't know who the guy is. And mm-hmm. it was like a, a glimpse into what he was like. And it was I thought they tied things up into a pretty neat bow, actually. Mm. It's a great way of solving, like, the ethics of the show, too. Like, OK, do we need to liberate all the killbots? It's a little mm-hmm. like every everyone in the Matrix is your enemy until mm-hmm. otherwise. Right. Yeah, you don't don't think about it too hard. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Hmm. Does anybody else get that really specific melancholy that needs like its own term when you watch the last episode of a show? Yeah. Oh, like like a show that didn't get picked up. Well, I, I guess when you watch the last episode of a show accidentally. Hmm. You know, you're not you're not gathered around for the finale of mm-hmm. your favorite show that's been running for ten years, but like you're just catching something, and it's like, oh, yeah, I, I feel I, think I, I feel so mean. finite. Yeah. Like I feel I, it's like I had that okay. when I accidentally watched the last episode of Dinosaurs years after I stopped watching Dinosaurs. Uh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll ruin you. Uh, it did. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they never left home. Nope. For me, uh, I accidentally watched the last episode of Roseanne years after I stopped watching. Oh, that's oh, a was that weird the season one. where they decided she was crazy and everyone was dead? 
Um, it was the episode where it turns out she had been like writing fan fiction about her life and yeah. everyone right. was dead. Right. That oh. was so weird. Like that whole season it's, is weird, but like that last episode, I thought about that for years afterwards. <laughs> and like the two boyfriends are like swapped for like which sister they ended up with. Bizarre. It was just bizarre. Yeah, and and real fake sister Jackie had always been a lesbian. <laughs> Yep. I never saw the show. This is all just like from the outside, even more baffling. Mm. But I think what you're describing is like, say you're walking through an airport or some other kind of public space and like somebody's having a tearful goodbye and you're just like, you don't know the people and you don't know anything about it, but you're like, oh, it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, just like the, the affect of doors closing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, there's still like some relatable human emotion happening here. I'm not invested in it, but it's still something I can respond to. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, the fact that in a world where everything comes back, Zeta never has come back either is sort of a thing I think about. Like, mm -hmm. like they've brought back Batman Beyond as like comics and stuff. Like they're still publishing Batman yep. Beyond comics. I, as far as I know, like Zeta and Roe have never shown up in any of them. And you know, makes me sad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you put it that way, like Zeta deserves better. This show yeah. is not bad. <laughs> No, no, it's not bad. This it's show compared is not to the other shows grab. we've reviewed. It's a lot more thoughtful. It's, you know. Yeah. It's it's a little more kiddie than the other ones, but other than that, it's, it's pretty good. That's not a bad thing either. That Like, that kind of works for this show. I, I go back and forth on that because I, I see that point, but also there's some concepts in here that I think could breathe better mm. if they weren't trying so hard to be kid-friendly. But I don't know. Um... I was very impressed by the voice cast in this one. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they had a lot of returning performers like uh, uh, Devlin called out that uh, the guy who played Harvey Bullock was the brother's day guy. Yep. And then um, Michael Dorn showed up for like two lines as Bennett's boss again. Bennett's boss, by the way, who said, don't follow Selleck. This is above your pay grade. This is classified. You're not allowed to do this. And then Bennett's still got guys looking for Selleck. And he's like, and, and then Michael Dorn's there saying, oh, you found him. Good job. Like, mm. wait a minute. I thought he wasn't allowed to do this. That one really felt like a, okay, this guy's going to be a bigger deal in season three. You know, like it yeah. really felt like they were setting him up for, for a comeback. Well, and that's, that's a pretty typical move. Like mm -hmm. you got, you got Bennett, who's sort of the big bad guy. And then you got, oh, but he's got a boss too. Yes. What's he like? Also, Look out, he's really boss. into the ends justify the means. He's probably mm -hmm. proud of Bennett for like stealing a shuttlecraft and getting yep. it done. <laughs> um. And then you got some uh, solid utility performers. You got like Kevin Michael Richardson, mm -hmm. who was um, uh, Static's dad. Yep. And you get uh, uh, Greg Berger, who was, um, well, he was corn fed and duck man, but he was a million other things. I as mean, well. corn fed <laughs> and duck man is the one that pops to mind as soon as I heard that voice. Yep. Duck man. Well, he's got to you know, do something about the thing, duck man. Exactly. And then a couple of, uh, uh, not big names, but big names for voice acting. Like mm -hmm. you had um, Michael McKean, who's, who's been in these before, which yep. is, you know, he's from fucking everything. Yep. And then. The Mm -hmm. The guy who played Michael uh, Yep, we stand. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the guy who played Selick. I guess uh, I think he died. Like this is a new guy playing Selick. Oh. Um, uh, they replaced him with uh, Hal Linden, who was the uh, title character in Barney Miller, among a bunch of other things. Oh. So uh, the Barney Miller. I I don't know. That was a sitcom. It was like uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine for the eighties, uh, maybe okay. the seventies. That is that's one of those things I've heard of, but like I've never yeah. actually seen. No, in fact, they even said. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine, like borrowed have it. Like they mm. were very influenced by that. It was just you know it was a cop show, like a, a sitcom set at a police precinct. Oh, interesting. All right. So I got a problem. Uh, question about 
I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're done. Brother's done. Day? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Paramilitary like... gangsters? Like what it was... they, they came up in the previous... It was actually, we got the flashback to Zeta's first mm-hmm. mission where he decided not to kill. Was These guys were involved with that. Yeah. It's um, it's a terrorist organization that I think that like an anti-robotics terrorist organization that I think again they were setting up for season three as like a bigger deal and it just didn't happen. Hmm. Well, and they kind of they kind of fill it in a little more here. Is like mm-hmm. they think you know robots are going to replace people and blah blah blah. Well, you know, rather than checking the uh, DC animated wiki mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a smart and or dumb person, I <laughs> I thought it was a take on Opus Day and I had like crafted this elaborate. Lore in my head. (laughs) I don't know that they've ever explained the name. They just threw it out there and expected us to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Happy Brothers Day. The Brotherhood Mm -hmm. of Evil Brothers. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The Sons of Soon. All the worst brothers from out throughout history. Mm -hmm. Um, Adolf Hitler. Skip Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. There's Rom. There's um. No, I think that's it. I'm still mad about Rom too. Dennis Khan. Uh-huh. And uh others. Others. Mm-hmm. Who went into some Serpentor? I can make jokes off of that. Let's see here. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter and his lesser successful younger brother uh, Corporal Slaughter. Damien Stalin. <laughs> Do you know well, Sergeant Slaughter follows me on Twitter? Dave Pot. Does he does he tweet entire Dave Pot? <laughs> Does he tweet entirely in caps? No, but he does have. Because that's how he talks. He does have an official check mark. It was the weirdest day ever for me. I mean, everyone has those now. They cost eight bucks. Sure, this was before that though. Oh, okay. Let's see, guys who made up Serpentor. No, I think we're good. Made up. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the Bill, so Bill the name the of terrible. the. Billy the Terrible? Yep. Ah, yes. Um, I, I did like, so the name of uh, the, the guy that Harvey Bullock voiced is named Sweet, mm-hmm. which <laughs> they maybe could have chosen a better name because the bombs are blowing up everywhere and Bennett's racing to, to stop it and he's going, Sweet! <laughs> which I don't this think rules. was what they were going for. Uh-huh. And that was that was common slang at the time because yep. uh, that was a prominent part of Dude, Where's My Car? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yup. Uh, never seen Bennett, never will again. Incredible showing from him in this. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Look, I you, feel you like understand. he shows up and is like the competent guy all the time. Yeah, you understand what a no-nonsense dark government guy is like. Yeah. Like he's that, that everything you got is what he is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more there. No well, nonsense. He's a bad dad. Dark dark government guy with sick neon Y2K glasses. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. And we thought those glasses were to detect if uh, Zeta's disguised as a hologram, but they're not. They're just a fashion thing. Yep. He just wants to look cool. And frankly, I get it. I wrote yeah. that he looks like a D-list X-Men villain. Mm-hmm. Guy in a suit, that. but make it just a little sci-fi. We have to do mm-hmm. something about bit. the mutant problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the one thing we did learn about mm-hmm. him was that he has a kid that he completely ignores. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. That episode, no kidding, ended with him saying, you know what? I'm going to take the rest of the weekend off. Mm-hmm. We'll get together someday. <laughs> uh anything else I looked around and my son was hunting for his own robot adversary turned out <laughs> just like me dad 
<laughs> Thankfully, we got no West in these episodes. Yeah, that um, that's one of those ones where it's not a real shame that I can't uh, have a real goodbye to West. Mm-hmm. Which, Western, uh, Devlin, yeah. he was, he's like, so you, you're, you're not entirely wrong that Bennett's kind of the only competent one. He's, so we got West, who is just the, how would you describe him, Maggie? Uh, a small child who won a contest to be in the NSA. <laughs> mm-hmm. That or someone's, like someone important's child, like the president's child or something, because he's done so many things that he should get fired for it. He just hasn't. <laughs> you guys just show rules. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. But then th- he also has a partner who uh, was a uh, an Asian woman in season one, and she's like, "I can't deal with this anymore. I quit." And now she's a woman of color. the The point is, she's she's always uh, some part of some marginalized group and fucking hates West mm-hmm. a lot. Ooh, that's like a very specific trope. <laughs> yep, it is. And I don't know if it was in. I didn't know if it was intentional when it was um, uh, Lauren Tom's character, but then. Uh, uh, Agent Rush showed up and was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I think they are trying to go for something here. Yeah. The thing about that kind of story setup is like something has to happen to West then. <laughs> yeah, nothing ever did. Nothing Can't ever did. Coasting. He just, no, the first yeah. the first agent kept covering for him and it's like, oh, that's why. Because she's like, uh, you know, like covering up his, his terrible mistakes. But then the second one had absolutely no patience for it and mm-hmm. a couple of times let him sort of dangle to his near death. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a robot to catch. You fucking figure yourself out of this, man. <laughs> she was great. I wish we'd gotten to know her more. Yeah. Regrets, baby. Yeah. Regrets may be a harsh word. Mm. Regrets, baby. I think we got exactly as we got exactly as much Zeta as I needed. Mm. I think we could have done more with this, you know? Oh no, I agree. Feels like but a lot also, of untapped potential in this show. Also, I agree, I'm but miss also road desperately. <laughs> Next week, I'm never going to think about the show again, though. That's where you and I differ, my friend. All right. I mean, when we get to Justice League, if you're still wondering where Roe is, I'll be I very mean, surprised. Listen, I still wonder where Dana is. All right. I miss her. Uh, <laughs> just, she's standing still, staring into a corner. I <laughs> would really. She's just like, just like David Putty, just like waiting for something to happen. Ooh. When uh, so, when we sometimes started, chili uh, drips out of her mouth. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. When we started the show, I wanted uh, 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 Dana to be the person that was helping Ro find or uh, Zeta find his freedom, and now I want uh, Dana to help Ro find her freedom. That's a better mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, um, Ro says, "Like, oh, well, we found the guy you were looking for. Next, we get to do me." And it's like, "Wait a minute! You found your brother. He was terrible. Yep. Your 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 quest is over too." We'll find out what happened to my family. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. It's the reveal of the Shazam movie where it's just like, I didn't want you. Don't come looking for me. <laughs> really? Well, Damn. Yeah. The Shazam movie, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, like, the kid in Shazam gets, like, left at a uh, uh, carnival. and he Orphanage? Gets adop- no, oh, uh, a, a carnival and gets adopted oh. by an orphanage and, like... Towards the end of the the movie, like he finds his mom again, and he's like, "I I looked for you for years. What happened?" And she's like, "I didn't want a kid, so I ditched you at the carnival. I really hate that you came and found me." I actually kind of like that because yeah. that does happen sometimes. But uh, wasn't that supposed to be a lighthearted sort of comedic movie? Uh huh. Oh, hmm. All right. Damn, lady. Like at least leave him at a fire station so he knows yeah, right. what's up. Hmm. Eh, maybe he'll have fun until he stops having fun. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe he'll meet a wizard. <laughs> I mean, that is what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, but not for years. 
Oh, okay. Leave him next to the deep fry oil at the funnel cake tent. <laughs> this, is, this is a fine place for a baby. Good luck, kid. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Bye. Carnivals are safe for all for children, wizards. especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. She didn't leave him as a baby. She left him as like a little kid. Oh, God. Just wait here. Bye. Uh, Devlin, I have to ask what this note means under Kids Love the Zeta Project. Hey, guys. Put Y2K fashion. Hey, guys. We have fun here on Kids Love mm-hmm. the Zeta Project. Hang on. Let me let me sit in my chair backwards for this. It's important. Ooh. But we got to talk about Y2K fashion. <laughs> uh, colored glasses, neon glasses. They're super cool. I agree. You can wear them to the shooting range. You can wear them to the club. Probably some other places. But <laughs> they are a gateway fashion accessory. Next thing you know, you're going to be experimenting in bucket hats and <laughs> wavy gravy super graphics, mm-hmm. two-pace polyester knits, pastel checks, and finally, whale tail. By 2K fashion, not even once. <laughs> See, the horrible thing is the way the way the cycles of, of uh, culture work is uh, that stuff's all going to come back in another, what, five years? Maybe? Uh, no, I it's in stores now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. It's, it's happening now. Don't do it. I don't know. The wavy gravy super graphics sound pretty, wa- pretty good, honestly. Look, I'm not perfect. I wore a vest over a T-shirt, too. But, you know, <laughs> those days are behind me and I'm better for it. That was Y2K. I was doing that in the early 90s. This is all stuff Woof. I'm like looking Why at. Why would you now, tell him? Like, Look, I've never had a good fashion sense now or then. Mm-hmm. I like I, there's not like there's no uh, there's no image to preserve here. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I gotta say there is some cute future fashion. Like I love I love a suit with a Nehru collar, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is everyone's favorite future future fashion look. So oh, and the, and they they did a pretty good job on the show extrapolating the Batman Beyond future, and they had a bunch of them in that too. Yeah. And I I've always liked that. Was there a glowing skeleton in this show? Did I miss that? No. Damn no. it. Yeah. I don't think there were any superhumans in this, were there? No, it's mostly robots. Like, I don't think we had yeah. anyone with powers unless they... Or just regular bad people with access to technology. Yeah. But nobody with... Yeah. Hmm. We had the the, the psychic gang show up. Uh... <laughs> oh, but that was a that was from Batman Beyond. Yes. There was in Batman Beyond. There was like the fake X Men who were like trying to get kids with uh, powers to help them do stupid yeah. bullshit. Psychic street tops. <laughs> yep. Bunch of white eyed orphans show up. <laughs> orphan, little orphan boy. Little orphan boy. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anything else? Uh, check in. Um, it. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my what quote. Did you, what did, yes. yes, what did you pick? I'm going to tell you. It's from, it's the last moments of the greatest television cartoon intro I've ever seen. We'll get you your freedom, Z. I know it. All right. Beautiful. I uh, I still vehemently disagree, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy it. Send a reminder to send you a video like every day. <laughs> oh god no it wouldn't work that way we'll that, i would tune that out mm-hmm. see i would tune that out after the first three days but if you wait just enough long enough for me to forget it yeah. and then send it to me that will make me furious why yes. am i telling you this? <laughs> i don't know 
you have like very well articulated your modalities of anger and i don't know how to respond to that look i'm happy for you here's my secret everyone knows this quote yep (sighs) look we're all angry all the time i'm just talking about it that's all anger is love persevering is it is that what it is sure all right (laughs) and on that That confusing note that sounds deep, and the more I think about it, the angrier it makes me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's just love persevering or more. Or... All right. Fair enough. Well, Ship I suppose Theseus. that's it for. Uh, I suppose that's it for Zeta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodbye, Zeta. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Zeta. Good night, Ro. Good night, robots mm-hmm. everywhere. That's it. Nobody else deserves a good night. Yeah. Go to hell, West. Yeah. Fuck you, Bucky. Mm-hmm. Oh. The supporting cast in the show sucked. They really did. I'm so glad we didn't have a Bucky episode. 90s fucking Rob Liefeld uh, uh, bounty hunter guy can go to hell, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Crick? Yes, I do. The bounty hunter named after the sound your neck makes? Mm-hmm. Or after a, a hillbilly, the way the hillbilly says uh, Creek. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> yep. So that's it. Mm-hmm. So, next week, we will actually, uh, before we move on to Justice League, there's a couple of weird aberrations, yep. and, we're, and we're doing these in production order, so it's the early 2000s, Flash animation's becoming a thing, and uh, mm. this animated universe is not immune. There were, I, I've mentioned this before, but there were two brief sort of micro-series, mm-hmm. like, designed to be, I think they were like three-minute episodes or something, they were designed to be downloaded with your shitty dial-up, you know, 2003 modem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first of these is uh, Gotham Girls, which, as I understand, features uh, it's uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and Batgirl. Montoya's like, in there, I think. Yeah, all the all the women from Gotham City. So and, uh, I don't know if it's also any good. Zatanna, I believe, because uh, Paul Dini, Paul Dini was involved yeah. in anyway. In yeah, anyway, that yep. makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, and so they did thirty episodes of that, and I worked out that uh, about ten per works out to the usual amount of stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be doing the first 10 of those next week. So uh, Maggie says they're on YouTube. So they if might you want to follow along, yeah. you might actually be able to stream this, unlike the other shows we cover mm-hmm. now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Devlin, you have anything you would like to plug or tell the people or whatever? Oh, damn. I do have, like, a big plug. Ooh. Yes. I'm, I'm starting my own business. <laughs> Yay. Oh, yes. I've actually taken advantage of this already. Yeah. Are you? I, I hope you're going to say good things. <laughs> I absolutely am. You oh, better. Thanks so tell much. Tell them what you do first. Um, so if you don't know my deal, I have over a decade of experience mentoring young artists across all media. For five years, I was the assistant director of admissions for the prestigious animation programs at CalArts. And most recently, I was a senior recruiter in charge of university relations at Sony Pictures Animation. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's a little corny, but I decided to help myself get a dream job, and I'm now offering career counseling and portfolio reviews for anybody just getting into the creative fields. Obviously, animation is my area of expertise, but uh, as Al mentioned, I've helped him, and I've helped uh, other people, filmmakers, sports reporters, uh, anybody just looking for a little guidance in how to make a career in uh, as a creative person. Uh, you can find more information on my services and my rates and my contact information at devlingrim.net. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-G-R-I-M-M. 
Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Devlin Grimm, where I'll be promoting new services and discount codes and also post just like weird pictures of weird vegetables and my cats and my poetry. Well, it is Instagram after all. I know, right? Yeah, no, I can I can give a glowing testimonial when because we were talking about you doing this, and I was like, well, as it happens, I am just uh, embarking on a terrifying new uh, uh, potential career in creative things. Uh, why don't I be your first customer? And I showed you my portfolio and my website, and you gave me some excellent notes that are absolutely going to help me going forward. So uh, can recommend mm. a plus five stars. Amazing, very good. Thank you. So cool. Um, You're a great first client. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that reminds me, uh, this is this is not a promotion. This is just a, by the way, my first uh, professional audiobook gig has dropped now. Hey. If you go to Audible and look up Ron Elgar Watt, there I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. Uh, Congratulations. I'm so proud thank of you. you. So, well, thank you. As a uh, as, as a narrator, I'm actually like in their system now. Yeah. And actually, Amazon said, uh, oh, we know this name. He also does podcasts. Mm -hmm. So that was cool that it sort of cross-referenced that. Yeah. So. Ah, the infinite gaze of Amazon plays off. Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying in one in one aspect, but in another aspect, it's at least, you know, going to lead people to other things that I've done. So mm -hmm. that's good because I'm terrible at that. <sighs> By the way, our website <laughs> is kidslovebatman.com. Yep. And you can um, go there. If, yes. If you want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. We are still hanging on on Twitter as long as it's there. Yep. Uh, I'm at Algar. I'm at Maggie Robots. Devlin, do you... I know you're not very active on on that particular platform anymore. Do you? I'm divesting from Twitter, and I'm better for it. F fair yeah, enough. My skin is clear. Understood. The yeah, that's fine. To invoke a Tumblr uh, meme. <laughs> I mean, look, I've been on Tumblr this whole time. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing people come back. Uh, but yeah, that's all for this time. That's all for the Zeta Project. We'll be yeah. back next week with uh, Gotham Girls. Yeah. See you, folks. Twalazi, I know it. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2023. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.